Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, all right, all right. It's 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Uh, we've got Elliot Friedman coming up right away from uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers for the River Cree Resort and Casino. Again, the River Cree has Wayne Brady, April 26th at the River Cree Resort and Casino. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. We'll get to NHL today for elite promotional marketing and the Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct workwear in the second hour of our show. So much to get to. We are pleased to be joined on a line by a guy who last night wore purple, which makes sense. He is a grad. I don't know if he graduated, but he attended Western Ontario. How you doing, Elliot? I have never graduated. Neither did I. Well, that just goes to show only smart people get their degrees. <laughs> Rule number one in life, no, you're not the smartest guy in the room. Yes. And rule number two, if you are the smartest guy in the room, you better figure out in a hurry how far you can go with that. So there we go. Hey, uh, we've had a conversation on Ralph Kruger already today, who uh, we jokingly uh, referred to here in Edmonton as truly the most interesting man alive. Uh, yeah. he, he is the uh, physical embodiment of the Dosecki man. Um, and full disclosure, Elliot, when the Oilers first announced they were hiring him, I was like, we're hiring a guy that plays a one-one-three. Uh, out of, uh, <laughs> you know, with coaches Switzerland. Nobody protects the 2 nothing deficit like Switzerland. I, I, I couldn't have been more wrong about the guy. First of all, he had some really interesting concepts on how to create offense. His power play was unique, to say the least. And in terms of uh, uh, professional deportment off the charts, um, you know, real positive guy. His, I had players, I put a tweet out on him today, and I had three former players. Uh, reach out to me and within five minutes of the tweet in complete uh, agreement with what, I, what I'd what i said about Ralph. I mean, he really is kind of a unique guy, isn't he? He is a unique guy. Like, he's, he's relentless with his positive energy, and I kind of like that about him. Um, there's no question when he was coaching uh, Team Europe at the World Cup and he was, and they were driving towards the final against Canada, there's just an infectious uh, energy about him. 
And, um, you know, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Pierre LeBron talked to him a couple of weeks ago. Like, every year I check in with him, and, you know, I say, are you, are you coming back, or are you coming back? And he says, no, I'm happy with where I am. And I checked with him earlier this year, and he was like, we'll see. Yeah. And that was a change. And then uh, Pierre spoke to him, and Pierre told him, um, or he told Pierre, uh, as a manager, not a coach, or a president of hockey operations, not right. a coach. It doesn't sound like he's interested in coaching. So we'll see if that goes anywhere. All right. So he was chairman of Southampton, and as you know, I follow soccer far too closely for my broadcast partners liking Jack Michaels. Yep. But so a challenge that Southampton has is they're basically a developmental organization for other clubs. Their players get purchased, they make money in transfer fees. That's what they you know, they were owned by a Swiss woman. That was the connection to Ralph how he got in there in the first place. And then she transferred a bunch of shares out about two years ago. I'm actually surprised he lasted this long as a chairman. They are in good years, they're eight through twelve. In bad years, they're about fourteen through seventeen. At eighteen through twenty, you're going down to the second division. So yeah. that, that's part of the challenge there. Um, he is also sixty. Do you have any idea what, what do you think he was making over there? A lot. That's what I thought. Like he, he's well ahead of. Uh, I, someone told me a while ago, like, and it was a huge number. Like you know, it was it was a number that you would look at and say. Nobody who's coaching in the NHL is, is making that much. Right. So now, I think there are some guys in the NHL who make that much now. Yeah. But, you know, it probably wasn't going to be Kruger for a coach. Yeah, I have a couple of friends over there that have suggested at minimum two to three million pounds a year. That would be the mi- minimum, minimum that he would have been making there. So there you have it. Uh, so you could see him as a president of hockey operations somewhere or maybe as a GM. He has not been in the NHL for six years. No, he is not. Or maybe a president. Yeah. Like maybe he yeah. doesn't even want to do hockey operations. Yeah. It's gonna, if he's to come back to the NHL, it's going to be a big position. I just remember his first year, we were in Penticton for the rookie tournament because he joined uh, Tom Rennie's staff for the 2009-2010 season. I'm like, Tom, where, where, where is this guy? He's like, he's speaking at the European Economic Forum. And I'm like, shouldn't he be here? And, he, and he's like, well, he makes more doing that in two days than he does coaching the team for the year. I was just like, wow. Hey. That's just like you. Yeah. I mean, what do you get per speaking engagement? You know, three hundred, four hundred thousand bucks. Oh yeah, that's that's it. Absolutely, Bob. All right. Uh, I don't know if you put anything. I wish. Uh, I I do want to address something that's just come across in the last ten minutes, and it's involved um, a guy who uh, I personally had a lot of time for, and don't necessarily believe that uh, the decision that was made at the time that it was made was the right decision. Todd McClellan. Uh, Bob McKenzie reporting from TSN, no longer in consideration to be head coach in Buffalo. Yep. Uh, McKenzie reporting that uh, he was a candidate uh, in Buffalo. It didn't, uh, didn't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Now, is this Buffalo also potentially covering themselves off after, like, maybe reading the tea leaves at the sense because I'll say this about McClellan. I know for a fact that in 2015, after he got let go by San Jose, I know. I know he could have interviewed for positions where teams already had head coaches, and he refused to do that. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think I, I do think also that look, I, I think Jason Botterill we interviewed this week when he was at the at the draft lottery. Yeah. And he did uh say that they were they had interest in McClellan. So there was legit interest in him. Yep. Um I have always believed that all things being equal, uh McClellan was more likely to end up in LA than Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no question the Kings are interested. They moved on McClellan very quickly. They identified him as their top candidate. And they have really gone down the road. And I always felt that if it was, if the situations were equal, um, that he was going to end up there. Now, we had heard that they'd made him an offer. The word coming out this morning uh, from Buffalo, where he was yesterday, where his son Tyson played for the University of Denver in the Frozen Four, was, well, there had been talks, they had yet to make him an official offer. So right then, you kind of heard that there was a bit of a snag. I can't tell you yet what that was, but what I do believe is that all things being equal, it was more likely he was going to end up in Los Angeles as opposed to Buffalo. And we'll see if that's indeed what happens. I know you were focused on... Did you watch any of the NCAA games last night? No, I, I, I didn't have a second. Yeah. I, I had to watch... Yes, the, no, no. And I, I, I was only because, you know, I've met Tyson uh, McClellan. Uh, the Oilers had a couple prospects that are at this time unsigned with Providence. The goaltender Hayden Hockey that Peter Shirelli uh, traded for last year gave up. Yep. And Day Hernay. They're both basically seventh-round draft choices. The Oilers have a lot of depth, by the way, in goal and on defense. So keep that in mind uh, before yep. before you overreact if they don't get either of the guys signed. Uh, I'm not sure where that's at right now, but just uh, the man, they call a lot of. I mean, there were three major penalties called in the one game. It just completely took away from it. Okay, uh, just before yeah, we that, that head hit right is an automatic penalty. Yeah, and, and they review it. Mm-hmm. And, yes. then it, and then they missed a guy getting elbowed right in the face with like a minute and a half left in the game. Like plain as day, ugly chicken wing elbow would be an automatic two-game suspension in the NHL. Uh, we'll get to the teams in the playoffs because, again, it sucks that the Oilers aren't. But just have you heard anything at all on the Oilers' uh, GM pursuit with Bob Nicholson? Not hugely. Um, you know, I... I think it's possible that they spoke to Mark Hunter this week, but I don't know that for sure. Um, I mean, uh, you know, they were the Oilers were here for the lottery, and you know, Hunter is not far. Um, he uh, being the GM and uh, were running the London Knights, so I think it's possible that happened. Again, I, I gave I wrote a lengthy list this week in my notes and. I did forget someone pointed out to me after they were published to mention Pat Verbeek's name in there because I do think he's going to be a candidate uh, potentially for this job. But you know, I, I do believe it's underway, and I think there's a long list of guys. You know, we've talked about Hunter, we've talked about Kelly McCrimmon, um, you know, we've talked about Mike Fuda, um, we've talked about um, I think you know what else did I put there? I, I think I've heard Bill Zito uh, Edmonton's long list. Um, I've heard Sean Burke's name, but I don't know that for sure. I don't know if Hextall's going to be interviewed, whether they've chosen him or he wants to be there. Um, but I, I've heard the potential for 
the guy who runs St. Louis's drafts. That's Bill Armstrong. Um, but I think it's he's a, only it's wait a sec here. I like Bill Armstrong. He's a great guy. He's been in a manager's position for one year. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that I yeah. think it's possible they want to talk to him. And yeah. as I've said to you many times, Bob, I don't see a bad thing with talking to us. No, no, he's talking a lot. So it's like Gillis and, Gillis and, and Gillman. I do, you know? Yeah, I do, I do believe that Gillis is going to be interviewed. I don't know well, that for sure, but I do believe he's getting it. He pretty much said as Nicholson, Bob Nicholson pretty much said as much on Monday when he did his availability yes. in concert. Yes. With but I, I think it's I, I think it's going to happen, yes. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see how this... I don't know about Gilman, though. I don't know if he's on the list. Or well, and he's also, I mean, how long has he been with the Leafs? Is this the first year of Toronto? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes guys don't want to be interviewed. Like, they, you know, they've just returned to the NHL with an organization, and they want to show that they're loyal to that organization. I got a lot of – I have more time for Gilman than I do for Gillis. That's all I'm yes, going to say. Yes, we've had this conversation. Yes, we have had this conversation, Elliot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll see how it all ends up playing out. And you know what, Elliot? Uh, even if I knew, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> well, you're a lousy friend. Not always, and you know that. I'm just kidding with you, Bob. I know you actually call me a friend. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put you in that position. Yes, my wife has often called me a lousy husband, so uh, there you go. Well, hey, then we have something else in common. Yes, uh, Elliot, you know what sucks? Is being an Edmonton Oilers broadcaster and not having playoff games to broadcast. Yeah, you know, and your fans, too. And, and they, you know, they, like, they, they deserve and it. And the organization, they don't. Nobody wants this. Yeah. Like, 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 nobody wants that. No, Nobody wants that. Nobody needs it. Um, no, I, I feel the same way about your fan base that I feel about Buffalo, which is another great hockey fan base. Like it's it's too bad, it really is. You guys are great fans. You're you support the sport. You love your teams. It's it's too bad. And like I'm sure you're you watch what's happening uh, down the road in Calgary the other night with some envy. That place was alive, and you know they played they played pretty well. As Smith showed, he was on. That team's confidence really grew. Well, they're they're a deep team up front. I want to get to the Leafs in Boston because, uh, and maybe you can shed some light on this. I I know I put out there about five days ago that I I like Toronto's added Tavares and Muzzin. Their deployment of uh, Muzzin and uh, Zaitsev very much mirrors what St. Louis did when they pulled Petrangelo away from Bomeister and put Pareko with Jay and you're the shutdown pairing and that allows the offensive guys to go up against second and third lines and suddenly now Morgan Riley and Jake Gardner are going up against second and third lines. I'll take that all day if I'm Toronto. Um, I think it was a perfect storm for game one for Toronto. The Leafs were quiet going into the final, like the team wasn't playing great. Boston mm-hmm. seemingly was never losing any games. And mm-hmm. Toronto's got three lines that can score, and they're good at center. And uh, they got the result. And people say, well, they gave up 38 shots. But the A-grade scoring opportunities, the Maple Leafs had a lot of them in the game last night. You know, I, uh, that's probably the best game I've seen them play this year, when you add the importance of it. And you know we were sitting there at the second intermission when it was when it was three one, and you're thinking to yourself, I know this is only game one, but doesn't this seem like a huge period for Toronto? And they were as they, like Calgary as as the game went on, they got better. And the other thing too is it was a really quiet game for them in their own zone. I thought when they had their problems, they were early and they kind of figured them out. They they can be really loosey goosey. As they, that game got on, they got better. They got tighter. They didn't have a lot of plays in the third period in their own end where you're like, "What are you guys thinking?" 
I, I thought they were. I thought they were calm. They they were smart. Um, that's seriously as good a game as I've seen from them all year. And you know, some of the guys who hadn't been very good, like Kadri. Kadri was really good last night. Newlander, never mind the goal, was really good last night. And you know, even though Matthews didn't get a point. They unleashed him. He played a minute and a half more than any other forward, and I thought he was a presence all night. If, if that's going to continue, uh, they're going to be very tough to beat. In this round. Tampa Bay's got to get go- Well, yeah. hey, Toronto's got a top-five team in the league. There's yeah, no qu- the, the, the challenge the Leafs have is three of the top five teams in the league are all in the same division. We're joined yeah. by Elliot Freeman. So uh, what was the biggest surprise or takeaway for you through the first uh, two days of the NHL playoffs? Well, the biggest surprise has got to be Columbus. Like, I don't understand how anybody could be not only not just that they won, but the way they won. They were down three nothing, and they came back to win it. Like, people have to be totally blown away by that. And you know, the, the concern that I had, and like everybody can have a night where they get embarrassed or they have a bad night or whatever. But Hedman and on the one goal by David Savard, and not that he got undressed, because like I said, it can happen. It's just that you're worried that after watching that, I'm just worried that is he afraid of contact because he's just coming back from a concussion. Like, is that an issue that he's like, you know what, I, I'm not sure about that. I'm sure we'll get the answer tonight the way he plays. No doubt he's going to have a bounce-back game, but how can you not pick Tampa Columbus as the big surprise from so far in round number one? Yeah, absolutely. Which series do you think had the nastiest first game? Oh, boy. I mean, the Calgary game last night at the end got got really nasty um uh, it was not the games last night i'll, I'll tell you that much the, the the first night was a lot louder than the second but you know that vegas san jose game ended up really nasty no question about that uh we saw some of it in, in dallas nashville too um I would I would say between those games and the Calgary game, which got really nasty last night, would probably on the top. Like the, the Winnipeg game, I expected it to be, and nothing happened there that I was surprised by. I was I was kind of surprised by the end of Colorado last night. All right. Great stuff, Elliot. Uh, we'll stay in touch, and uh, thank you for once again joining us on Oilers Now. All right, my pleasure, Bob. Have yourself. Hey, a great week. by the way, one more, yeah. th- one more thing for yeah. you. Did you get yeah. your, did you get your hair fixed? No, I liked it last night. Well, you didn't like it. Well, it kind of looked like uh, what was that movie? Something about Mary. Yeah, I, I've been told that before. I get that periodically. You know, I I like being a bit like that. Now they don't like it. Our guys don't like it, and we have a woman named Jody who does a great job making sure I look presentable. Yeah. But it doesn't bother me at all if I get those tweets. I really like laughing at them. Well, I got a guy that sent you one last night, a uh, wood guy, uh, Darcy McLeod. He's a local Edmonton area business guy. He had some fun with it. Uh, you know, I like that stuff. I you, got a good laugh out of it. You got to have self-deprecation. And the truth yeah. of the matter is, you know you're not the eye candy on that panel. You're, well, actually, I think you're wrong about that, quite you, frankly. Really? Yeah, lo- those other three guys... Okay, if you say, but I, I will say nobody can quite pull off ne- next to Donnie Osmond. I don't know if anybody looks better in purple than you. Oh, that's great. I appreciate that, Bob. I'm that's there. really good of you. A- Elliot, I'm there for you. Hey, the, ne- the one I got on Saturday. That's a good one, too. All right. Uh, and next week, we'll get you to comment on our new provincial uh, pol- political situation. If there is a new one, yeah. maybe there isn't. We'll wait and see. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't really have much interest for politicians. I tend to stay away from them. Yeah, well, if, if based on why things are going in your province right now, that might be a wise idea. Take care, man. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Yeah, yeah. That's Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 1252 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff Oilers Now sent you. Bye. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Stoffer Dave Campbell with you. We'll get to some text, and then we got a whole bunch of open line time in the second hour of the show. This is Orders Now. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. 1254 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer with you. All right, you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Uh, this text comes to us from Sean. Sean says, nasty games. Are you and Elliot not watching the Islanders in the Penn series? That's uh, the sense of round one, if game one is any indication from Sean. This text comes in out of Edmonton saying, Bob, Toronto win and no talk of goaltending. Boston D gave Toronto four breakaways and Anderson completely outplayed Tuka Rask. End of story. Well, this is a rather disappointing text to get. Uh, it says, Elliot, uh, pro-based Eastern blank, shift disturber, and Bob, you're friends with this guy. Says a lot about you, losers. How many times have I asked my Uncle Brian not to text the show? You can text us at 630-630. JJ says, and if you don't know from what you and Maddie have been yipping about lately, that means it's Keith's job to lose, and that proves once again this organization isn't ready to make the changes that's necessary. They are a joke. And that text comes to us from JJ. JJ, you're entitled to your opinion. I believe that what I have suggested and what Jim Matheson has suggested is that Keith Gretzky merits consideration for the position of general manager. So merits consideration. There's 10 to 12 guys that merit consideration for GM. Bob, what are your thoughts on Bill Guerin as GM for the Oilers? I would suggest you, Texter, out of Edmonton, that Bill Guerin merits consideration for general manager of the Evans owners. He's done some good work. So too is Keith Gretzky. So too is Kelly McCrimmon. So too is Mark Hunter. So too is Norm McIver. So too is Ross Mahoney out of the Washington Capitals. So too has Pat Verbeek. None of those guys have been GMs at the NHL level before. Some people say, well, what about Mike Gillis or Ron Hextall? We'll see. All right. Again, you can text us at 630-630. 
Uh, tweet us at Oilers Now. Corey says, good afternoon, Bob. This is out of Edmonton. Uh, you don't have to read this on the air. I just wanted to take a second to say I appreciate your show and your knowledge. I started listening to you as a 19-year-old around 2005 and quickly learned that if I pay attention to the breadcrumbs you leave and the hints you drop, my first lesson in this was actually your hints about Peter Sikora being a target, and it happened. I was hooked. Keep doing your thing. Man, it's appreciated from Corey. I remember that conversation. There was another fellow that was uh, working at a station here in town that had not heard about Peter Sikora at that time. And you got to work both ends of it. you got to work the agency side, and then you got to work the player side. But he's a good guy, the guy that disagreed with the fact that I'd suggested the orders were going to sign Peter Sikora to a one-year deal. Peter was an interesting fellow. Just to set the record straight, I do not have Peter Sikora in the mix to be the next general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. I just want to establish that. There's a lot of really good suggestions. I don't think Peter Sikora is one of those guys. Does not merit consideration. Does not merit consideration. But there's probably 10 to 12 guys that do. Okay? 10 to 12 guys that do. I, I might be personally lukewarm to Mike Gillis only because I've talked to a lot of people out in Vancouver, and there's two or three writers that were favored there and do a lot of his pitching still to this day. But as a, you know, Lawrence Gilman had to come in and, you know, clean up some of the mess behind the scenes. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.